Welcome to the Body, Mind, and Soul podcast. Every Tuesday, we talk about everything to do with personal improvement and self-growth. My name is Yermaya Dharani, and I consider myself a serious student of personal achievement. I'm hoping to create a community of like-minded people who can help each other reach their potential. So let's get to it. All right, guys, I want to thank you so much for joining the Body, Mind, Soul podcast. You know, the way that I've structured this podcast and the way that I've been recording these episodes, I've kind of set it up so that every single episode is kind of talking about a different category. You know, so it it's called the Body, Mind and Soul podcast. So I want to touch on all three of those things, you know, um, in sort of like a sequence. So the first episode was about intermittent fasting. That was to do with our body and our health. Uh, you know, the episode after that was about getting our mind right, you know, and our mindset, our attitude. And this episode is going to talk about our soul, you know, and how it is that we feel about ourselves uh, deep down inside, you know, what makes us happy. And, um, I want to get into it right away. You know, the idea of being happy is something that should be a goal for every person. And it's something that can be studied. You know, if you want to be happier, you can learn to be happy. There's ways to actually be happier. You know, there's recipes to, to be happier. And the goal of every person should be to be happy and not just sometimes, but as happy as we can be as often as possible you know it's not possible to be happy all the time nor do i think it's healthy to be happy all the time you know because unhappiness has a place in our lives as well you know in fact um, our greatest teacher is actually unhappiness you know more so than happiness is because unhappiness is what can motivate us to take action and it tells us when we feel like we're not satisfied with the way that we're living or we feel like we're not living our truth you know so the the problem occurs when we're just striving for things thinking that achieving them will make us happy you know which is not true you know shri kumar rao who is a professor at columbia university uh, he created a program an audio program called creativity and the, the creativity and personal mastery course. And he talks about this concept in the course. It's a, a very, very good audio program to listen to. And I highly recommend it to anybody out there. So what he talks about is that most of us live in the, he calls it the, if this, then that paradigm where we're constantly attaching our happiness to some sort of an event that's going to be taking place in the future. It could be an achievement. It could be something that we attain. And the idea is that once we attain this, then that means that we're going to be happy. So we tell ourselves that, you know what, if I was able to do this, then I would be happy. That's why it's called the, if this, then that, but we find that even after we achieve those things that we thought were going to be making us happy, we're still, you know, not not really that much happier. It might make us happier for a little bit, but then we kind of go back to that baseline of happiness that we were at before. And this is because, you know, material things, especially even achievements are never going to be able to make you happy unless you have made the choice to be happy, unless you have decided 
that you're going to be happy. See, happiness is a choice that we can make regardless of our circumstances. You know, there's a um, psychologist that was a psychologist by the name of Viktor Frankl. And uh, Viktor Frankl, you know, during the Second World War, spent many, many years in a Nazi concentration camp. And, you know, while he was over there, he noticed that some people would go into a situation like that, you know, being in a concentration camp, seeing everything that's happening, and then they would just fall into despair and just perish, literally crumble and, and, and just uh, die. While some people would look at an experience like that and they would come out of that experience as stronger people. You know, it literally depended on their outlook. Even in a concentration camp, there were those that found happiness. You know, he writes about this in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, which uh, is also a highly recommended read to all of you guys out there. So if you look at your life and you look at the goals that you set for yourself, say 10 years ago, if, if you're like me, think about it, the goals that you set for yourself 10 years ago, it's very, very possible that almost all of the goals that you set for yourself 10 years ago have already been accomplished by you, you know, but do you feel any different than you did 10 years ago? Do you feel better than you did 10 years ago, even after accomplishing all of those goals? You know, the happiness that we thought that we were going to be get, getting seems to have eluded us. Now, we're reaching for something else, you know, thinking that it's going to be making us happy. So uh, this literally, yeah, I realized this the other day, you know, I've been expecting a large lump sum amount of money to come to me from this, the sale of a property that I have. And I've been telling myself, you know, for months now waiting for this property to be sold, uh, that, you know, once this money comes in, it's going to make me feel amazing. You know what? I'm going to be so happy once this money comes in. And then, you know what? I received word that, okay, the property is going to be sold. You know, we've got a buyer for the property and the money, you know, was expected to come in. And for a moment, I was super happy. And then I realized that, you know what? My life was exactly the same as it was before this news actually came in. So once again, you know, large sums of money, material things are not really going to make meaningful differences in your happiness uh, over long periods of time. You know, so but now this is not the case if you are living you know, uh, in poverty. Okay. So if you don't have a lot of money, I think there was a study that showed that after, after earning about $70,000 a year, there's no meaningful improvements that happen to your happiness from earning any more money, you know, but if you're somebody that's living on a pension, you know, and, uh, and you don't make very much money at all, right. And you're living sort of hand to mouth, then differences in money can improve your happiness because they're going to make meaningful differences in your standard of living. Okay. So you know what? Every hour of every moment of every day is another opportunity for us to change our lives. We can choose at every moment to be filled with joy. We can make that choice. Now, sometimes what holds us back from making that choice, from feeling that joy is that we're dwelling on what we perceive to be negative things that have happened to us in the past, okay? So things have happened to us in our past, we've all got our experiences, some of them have been good, some of them have been bad. You know, holding on to negative experiences from the past 
is usually not helpful to us. The best thing that we can do with experiences from the past, especially negative ones, is to learn from them. You know, and learning is done by taking responsibility, you know, of what happened because that's the most powerful that we can take, a position that we can take when we're trying to learn something from the past. So you know what, let me give you an example. Years ago, I made an investment, okay? <clears throat> I was very young, I made an investment years ago. The investment ended up turning out quite well, to tell you the truth, in terms of how much money I made from that investment, you know, over that period of time. However, the person that I got into this partnership with turned out to be a total douchebag, you know, and uh, it was very, very difficult for me to sort of come to terms with that. I was very, very upset, you know, and it wasn't, I was having problems sort of executing on this investment, getting my money out of this investment because of this partner that I had chosen, which was the wrong partner. And, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time sort of blaming him that, you know what, he's such a, this guy's such a loser. What's wrong with this person? What's wrong with this person? But then I realized that, you know what, it wasn't his fault. The fault was mine. The fault was mine because I didn't do my due diligence. I didn't think about it long enough when I chose uh, this person to be my partner. So the moment I decided to take responsibility is when that experience stopped being something that haunted me and started being something that I learned from. So we can take responsibility by looking at what it is that we could have done differently. You know, beating ourselves up about what happened in the past, it has a slight purpose too. You know, uh, that purpose is to use it to give yourself enough motivation or leverage over yourself to take action and to make sure that you, you never do it again you know, or you do the thing that you didn't do last time, you know, so disgust is a powerful emotion and emotions have purposes. You know, their main purpose is to give us a signal. You know, uh, it's a message from our body and from our subconscious mind that's telling us that something happened, something that we've done something that is in violation with our deepest values. Okay. Now, an effective use of our emotion is to use them like they are, like these signals, to make better choices in the future, to use them to learn. You know, once we've taken action because of them, it's better to let them go afterwards. You know, now we've learned from them, we've, we've taken what we can, and now it's better to let them go because you know what? We can't change the past. Now, a very ineffective use of our emotions is to just dwell on the negative things that we have done you know, over and over and start to believe that, you know what, we're not that good. I'm not that good of a person or something like that. Okay. That's a very ineffective use of our emotions. Now, another reason for unhappiness is lack of congruence. Okay. So this basically means that we're not taking action or living in a way that is in alignment with what is important to us. Okay. A lot of people have never actually sat down and really thought about what it is that is important to them, but that's something that I highly recommend doing. And we're going to talk about how we can do that later on. Now, an example of this could be somebody whose highest value at the time is to spend time with their family, you know, uh, but they're working 12 hours a day and hardly get any time to see their family at all. So that's going to create a conflict in their mind. You know, what is important to them is spending time with their family, 
what they're doing is the opposite of that. That's obviously going to cause some unhappiness to them. Okay, living in congruence with our deepest values is crucial to the peace of mind that we crave. You know, in this way, emotions are really our best teachers. So we've got to learn to trust our instincts. You know, if we're doing something that makes us feel uneasy, it's likely that this is something that is not aligned with our highest values. You know, that, that gut feeling that you have is a real thing and it's trying to tell you something. And we need to start uh, being more in tune with our bodies, you know, and whenever we do something that is giving us a bad feeling, you know, there might be more to that than just that feeling. And we need to sort of think about it maybe a second time. Okay, but in order to move forward, we need to learn from what happened in the past and sort of let it go, you know? And what we need is a framework for getting into the habit of being happy in the future, okay? And so that's what we're gonna be talking about over here. We're gonna be talking about a framework. We're gonna be talking about a three-step process for soothing our soul and warming our hearts, okay? So stay tuned for that after the short break. All right, guys, welcome back. So listen, I want to talk about forgiveness, okay? I, I look at forgiveness as one of the keys to sort of moving forward in our lives, all right, and being happier. Now, it's said that when one forgives another, it's as though a soul is set free from a prison, okay? The person that is doing the forgiving thinks that they are setting the other soul free because they've forgiven this other person. But the truth is, when we forgive somebody else, the person that we are truly setting free is ourselves because we are no longer burdened by having to hold a grudge. Okay. So, you know, think about it. Is there somebody out there that you are still holding a grudge against? You know, somebody that did something that you believe, you know, wronged you somehow. And for that reason, you haven't forgiven them. You know, think about that and see if you can make a list of all of the people that you believe have wronged you somehow and, and then mentally choose to forgive them. You know, individually forgive each one of them. And you can do that by taking responsibility for the things that happened to you. You know, although, <clears throat> you know, um, the reason why we're not forgiving this other person is because we hold them responsible. If you really look at what happened, you know, the scenario, you know, that took place, you may be able to realize that there was something that you could have done differently, you know, and use this as an opportunity to learn from it by taking responsibility for yourself. Now, the, you can do this by mentally forgiving them. So you can make that list and you can go through that list and say to yourself, you know what, I forgive this person. Okay. Even that will make you feel better. But honestly, the best thing to do is to actually pick up the phone and call that person, talk to them, you know, explain to them how you've been feeling all this time, you know, how you felt that, um, you know, you had been wronged and that you blame them, you know, for something and then ask them to forgive you, forgive you for holding this grudge all this time. 
And you know, believe me, if you were to do this, this would make you feel amazing. But the most important person that we need to forgive is ourselves, okay? Start by forgiving yourself. You know what, if you're like me, you're extremely critical of yourself, you know? So yeah, like all throughout my life, I've been extremely critical of myself. I've always set very, very high expectations for my life, you know? And perhaps, you know, not all of those expectations were hit, you know, by me or by you. And this causes us to sort of feel regret. It causes us to sort of feel ashamed, you know? And some of the things that you may have done in the past, you know, perhaps you're not very proud of. And you keep thinking of them over and over again. And doing this is, is causing you to sort of lose respect for yourself. So <clears throat> this is especially true for me. This is something that I struggled with for a long time. You know, to this day, I'll think of something that happened 15, 20 years ago, something I said to somebody else, you know, that I'm ashamed of and I'll, I'll cringe deep down inside, you know, but the truth is that that person probably doesn't even remember what it is that I said. And they probably don't even care about it, you know, but write a letter to yourself, you know, detailing everything that you did or that you haven't done that, that you feel like you, you let yourself down on, you know, understand that everything that you did, you know, at the time that you did it, you did it because you believed that it was the right thing to do at the time. You know, even if you did something that was harmful to yourself, it may have been because it was bringing you happiness in the short term. You know, example of, an example of this uh, might be smoking. You know, people will smoke for years causing damage to themselves, you know, and but when they were smoking or at the moment that they chose to smoke, they felt that they were going to be benefiting, benefiting from it in the short term. And that's the reason why we do this. You know, everything that we do, we do because we believe that it's going to benefit us in the short term somehow. You know, I smoked uh, for many years up until recently, you know, when I was able to quit smoking. Uh, as mentioned earlier, you know, the purpose of our experiences is to learn from them and to gain motivation to take the right actions in the future. You know, one of the most destructive things that we can do to our souls is to dwell on regrets, you know, and, you know, be ashamed of the things that we've done in the past, because this creates a cycle of feeling like we're unworthy. And this is going to lead to a lack of self-respect for ourselves, which is going to manifest itself in sort of like a, a cycle of self-sabotage in the future. So, you know what? Just give yourself a break. Okay? Don't take yourself so seriously. Start being your own best friend instead of being your own worst enemy. You know, we all start in the same position when we're born. And when we all pass away, we're all going to leave in the same position as well. So, you know, we're, we're all going to end up dead at one point. And what matters is not, you know, what it is that, that happened in the past. But what matters is how we're living right now. You know, everything that you did in the past has led you to the moment that you are in right now. You know, everything that happened to you has taught you and shaped you into the person that you currently are. You know, it was never supposed to be any different than it was, nor will it be any different. And if those things didn't happen, you wouldn't be 
you know, here right now listening to this podcast, right? Um, and it's the person that you are right now wouldn't even exist if those things didn't happen. And so be thankful that those things happened because you exist. The person that you are right now exists because of that. Okay. Now, <clears throat> everything that that we do, you know, everything that we think about, right? Do we treat ourselves like we're our own best friend? Or do we treat ourselves like we're our own worst enemy? You know, there was a study that showed that it's estimated that the average person has about 60,000 thoughts a day. Now, out of those 60,000 thoughts, it said that 80% of them are negative. And that 95% of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts. So how influential do you think your thoughts are on your feelings? You know, if you said very, very influential, then, then you're right. Because we listen to ourselves more than we listen to anybody else. The things that we say to ourselves, the things that we think in our mind are tremendously influential over the way that we feel. And the way that we feel, like we talked about earlier, motivates us to take action. You know, our feelings lead to our actions. So one way to change the quality of our thoughts or the quality of our thinking is to use what's called affirmations, okay? So this is when we sort of repeat phrases to ourselves, uh, you know, with feeling and enthusiasm. And when we do this, they start planting into our mind and then they start to become part of our dominant thoughts. You know, it's as if, if you've ever listened to a song, you know, and you really like the song and then it kind of stays in your head, you know, for days and days, that song is in your head. Well, that's what you're trying to do with affirmations. You're trying to sort of, um, if you've ever watched that movie Inception, it's like putting a thought inside somebody's head. Well, you're trying to put a thought inside your head so that that thought is going to repeat over and over again. Okay. So by doing this, we can actually start to program our mind consciously with the thoughts and the phrases that we repeat over and over. So that when repetitive thoughts start coming in, so we had, I just mentioned how it's estimated that 95% of our thoughts are just repetitive thoughts. Then the repetitive thoughts that start to happen are the ones that we have chosen that can serve us based on these affirmations. So I'm gonna give you a, uh, suggestions on a couple of affirmations. <clears throat> One is, um, what is the affirmation, do it now. Okay, so do it now was an affirmation that is popularized by a gentleman by the name of W. Clement Stone, who was a self-made billionaire and when he passed away was one of the richest men in America at the time. And he literally attributed uh, much of his success to repeating the phrase, do it now, do it now, do it now, over and over to himself every single day. So in fact, the company that he owned, which was called the Combined Insurance Company of America, had thousands of employees. And every morning, he would get all of those employees to stand up and repeat this phrase. That's how much he believed in the affirmation. He literally made everybody in his company repeat it. And it must have worked because his company was a tremendous success as well. So this affirmation can help you develop the habit of taking immediate action. So you, you, this is an affirmation that you would use when, you know, you know that you should do something, you have a thought, oh, okay, I should do it. 
and then you start thinking, oh, I'll do it later on. If you repeat this to yourself over and over again, right? When you start to have that thought that, oh, you know what? I should do this later on. Um, it's going to get interrupted by the thought, I should do it now. I should do it now. I should do it now. So whenever you have a thought that is negative or fearful, you can basically override it, you know, by saying, by saying this to yourself, I can do it. I can do it. And it's going to help you to take action. Okay. So those are examples of affirmations in general. Okay. Now what I'm going to talk about is affirmations that are specifically for making us feel happier, sort of soothing the soul, you know, and just making us feel good. So the most important affirmation for sort of getting over the past and starting to make yourself feeling better to feel better and to sort of warm the heart is the affirmation. I love myself. Okay. In the book, you know, love yourself like your life depends on it, which is written by Kamal Ravikant. Uh, the author goes from a point where he was about to commit suicide to a point where he has basically achieved almost every single goal that he wanted to achieve in his life by repeating this phrase over and over again. He, he literally believes that this phrase and repeating it over and over again saved his life. So, so try it for yourself. You know, look at yourself in the mirror when you're all alone. Okay. Close the door. Nobody can hear you. You're all alone. Look deep into your eyes and just look at yourself and seriously just say to yourself, I love you. You know, I love you. I know this sounds strange, right? And you're probably thinking to yourself, who is this guy? <laughs> but I want you to try it for yourself. Okay. See how it makes you feel. And you know, if you like the way that it makes you feel, start saying it over and over again to yourself, you know, say it to yourself in the morning, say it to yourself in the afternoon, you know, say it out loud. If you can, if you can't say it out loud, say it in your head, say it when you're walking, you know, uh, say it when you're in between doing things, say, I love you to yourself, you know, because you really do love yourself and you should love yourself. If you're not going to love yourself, then why would anybody else love you? You know, unless it's like your mom or something. Now, I know that for those that have never done affirmations, this is going to sound strange, but I just want you to try. Okay. The way that, that you feel about yourself has more to do with your success and achievement than almost anything else. You know, no one can take care of you like you can take care of yourself. So treat yourself like you're your own best friend. Okay, what happened in the past, it doesn't exist anymore. The future doesn't exist either. All that exists is you in this moment. So, so decide to move forward with a clean slate. Okay. We can all make a decision to start living with joy and happiness right now. And the first step to doing this is living in congruence with our highest values. And that's what we're going to get into in this next segment. Okay. Welcome back guys. Okay. Now I want to talk about this idea, you know, of what people like to call our self concept. Okay. So our self concept is sort of like our self image or the way that we see ourselves. Okay. 
And uh, it's literally the key to raising our standards, you know, and achieving our goals. There's really nothing more important than our self-concept when it comes to achievement and making ourselves feel better. You know, the way that we see ourselves as a person, you know, makes a huge difference on how it is that we feel about ourselves, right? So if we see ourselves as a person who doesn't do the things that we consider to be of our highest value or, you know, our most important virtues, then we can never truly have respect for ourselves the way that we should, you know, and not having respect for ourselves is obviously going to cause unhappiness. So have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you were very close to achieving a goal that you sort of dreamed of achieving, but then right before achieving that goal, you started self-sabotaging and you did things that made it so that you weren't able to ultimately achieve your goal. Or maybe you were in a relationship, you know, and then with a, with a partner that you thought was amazing. And then next thing you know, you started doing things, you know, to, to sort of ruin that relationship. You know, um, I heard a story of a thief, you know, who stole thousands of dollars and then he ended up leaving that money in somebody's taxi cab just a few days later, you know, and these are all examples of what people do, you know, that is sort of like self-sabotaging behavior when they feel like they don't deserve the things that they're getting, you know, uh, people that earn a lot of money unethically, you know, they often go and they just gamble that money away or that they piss that money away, you know, in you know, on things that aren't really important. And the reason for that is because they don't feel like they actually deserve it. They don't feel like they're worthy enough, you know, and that's because their image of themselves is not an image of somebody that deserves those things. Okay. So this is a big problem. You know, I talked about how for myself with my self-improvement, I had felt like I'd hit a plateau for the longest time, you know, and it was like this this sort of ceiling that I had reached. And the only way that I was able to ascend above that for myself was to improve the way that I look at myself, okay? So when I was younger, right, um, I used to do a lot of these things, you know, things that were to do with self-sabotage. I was the type of person that never really did harm to anybody else, but I did a lot of harm to myself, you know, over the years. And it was because I didn't truly feel like I deserved to be happy and that I deserved to achieve or to fulfill my dreams. You know, another example of this is somebody who, who works in sales. This is very common in sales. You know, the reason I give a lot of sales analogies, by the way, is because I've worked in sales all my life. So <clears throat> when they have a really good first couple of weeks, say for example, you know, they get paid every month and their first couple of weeks of that month are really, really good then they're going to start to get lazy and take it easy for the rest of that month because they're content earning a certain amount of money. Okay. They feel that that's all that they deserve. They kind of have like a status quo that they've created for themselves. Like it's like an internal thermometer, you know, uh, once their temperature gets too high above that thermometer, they do things to lower the temperature to get back to where that thermometer is. So, however, if that same person is in a position where they started off really slow, then they immediately start scrambling and they start doing things to make up time, you know, getting a lot of sales done to bring them back to that status quo that they were in before. And this is very, very common in sales. Like I said, 
And the reason for this is because they, until they feel like they deserve more, they're never going to be able to increase their income. The key to increasing their income at that point is to raise that thermometer, raise that minimum standard, raise that status quo. Okay. And the way that that status quo and that minimum standard and that thermometer is raised is by raising our self-concept, raising our image of ourselves, seeing ourselves as somebody that is deserving of those things. Okay. All right. And you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult to raise our standards unless we're behaving in a way that is congruent with our highest values or in alignment with our highest values. So if we're having a hard time making breakthroughs in our personal development, the reason is probably because our self-concept hasn't improved. We haven't raised our self-image. So improving our self-image has a lot to do with what we start doing. So we can do things to make us feel better about ourselves. We can do things to give us more confidence. You know, we can start exercising. We can start reading books. We can increase our knowledge. We can start meditating. We can start eating better. You know, these things are all going to make us feel good and give us more confidence. And they're very, very good for our self-concept. But the most important thing that we can do is stop doing the things that are not in congruence with our deepest values. Because the things that are not aligned with what it is that is important to us, and if we keep doing those things, that is what starts to create a conflict in our minds. You know, stop doing the things that you lose respect, that make you lose respect for yourself. And you know what those things are because after you do them, you feel guilty. You know, you get that feeling, you get that gut feeling. That's you trying to tell your conscious mind, hey, this isn't good for me. You know, so for me, it was it was quitting smoking and drinking alcohol. Okay. So I was a person that was obsessed with personal development. I'm sitting there listening to audio programs every day. I'm reading books constantly about the subject. You know, I'm journaling, I'm writing my goals out daily. I've got routines that I'm following. And then I realized that all of those things that I was doing were still not equal to me quitting smoking and drinking because smoking and drinking alcohol was poisoning my body so much and, you know, reducing the amount of energy that I had. And because I knew that it wasn't the right thing for me, it made me feel horrible every time I did it. It made me feel guilty. It made me feel ashamed, you know, dejected. And all the personal development and self-improvement I did it wouldn't equal the difference that it would make if I was to just quit smoking and drinking alcohol, you know? And so that's what I did, right? I quit doing those things. One of the most difficult things that I did actually, but the moment that I did that, my life exploded in the right direction. You know, like I said, when I was in the introductory uh, episode to this podcast, you're only as strong as your weakest link. You know, what is your weakest link? What's holding you back? What is the thing that you're doing that you feel guilty about that you know you shouldn't be doing? Stop doing that thing. Maybe it's watching 10 hours of Netflix every day. Maybe it's overeating. You know, maybe it's smoking and drinking like me, you know, uh, but I can assure you that once you put that thing behind you, you're going to start to see yourself in a completely different light. Your self-concept, your self-image will improve and so will the rest of your life. Okay. So, you know, if, if you're doing something that, that you know is not right, stop doing it immediately, right? I know this sounds simple, right? If you know it's not right, you should stop doing it. I know it's very simple, but it's critical. 
you know, uh, ask yourself, see, the things that I'm going to be talking to you about right now are not things that are new. These are things that you probably only know, you already know. When you're listening to me say these things, you know, uh, to you, I don't want you to say to yourself, oh, this is something that I already know. I want you to ask yourself, is this something that I'm applying in my life? Is this something that I'm doing? You know, so stop the thing that you know you should be stopping. Uh, it could be gambling. You know, it could be not eating right. Only you know what it is. But the addition by subtraction of personal development is key. It's not what you're bringing on. Oftentimes, it's what you're getting rid of. Okay? So stop assassinating your character. Okay? There's nothing more important than how it is that you see yourself. And if you're doing something that's making you over time keep seeing yourself as a as a person that is less worthy, then that is doing more harm to you than almost anything else. You know, my father once said to me that the best feeling in life is to do something that you said you were going to do. So, you know, the ultimate high comes from saying that you're going to do something and then doing it. You know what that feels like, right? Conversely, the worst feeling in life is to keep doing the things that you said you weren't going to do. So when you already realize that this isn't something that you should be doing, and then you keep doing it, that is the thing that's going to make you feel the worst. Okay. Because what it does is it, it creates that conflict. It creates this incongruence, you know, this, it creates this misalignment with what we hold dear to ourselves. And if we find ourselves doing something, that we know we shouldn't be doing and we're not willing to take action on it, you know, or uh, we're not willing to basically take action on stopping it, then what we should do is just come to terms with the fact that this is what we're doing and not expect ourselves to change anymore. So basically, you know, if your highest value is that you want to be extremely healthy, but you love to overeat, you know, then maybe it's time and you're not willing to change the overeating part, then maybe it's time for you to change your, your highest values part and decide that, you know what, health is not really that high of a value to me because that's going to stop the conflict. Now, this isn't the optimum solution, you know, but it can stop the conflict in our mind and make it so that we stop feeling bad about ourselves. You know, we've got to start living in alignment with what we feel is right. So try this exercise out, okay? Make a list of the top five virtues that you have, okay? What are your top five values, right? Let me give you an example of what my top five values are. So for me, my highest value, you know, is, is character, it's righteousness, it's living virtuously, okay? It's doing what I say that I'm going to do, you know? Truth is my highest virtue, all right? My second highest uh, value, you know, uh, ideal is, is health. You know, fitness, vitality, you know, living energized, you know, doing things that are gonna keep me healthy. That's my second highest value. My third highest value is my family. You know, love, relationships that I have. You know, after that comes career, you know, work, my businesses. Uh, and then after that comes money, you know, finances and those kind of things. So, you know, uh, righteousness, health, family, career, and money. That's my order. Those are my top five. What are your top five?
write those out. It's important for you to understand, you know, what's important to you and then ask yourself, am I living in congruence with what's important to me? And you'll notice that there is, there may be a misalignment there. And that could be the, the reason why, you know, your life is not filled with joy. Okay. Because I want my life to be filled with joy. I want your life to be filled with joy too. So start living with these values in mind. Now, once we've done that, we can start to set the stage for a new framework. Okay. So we've talked about things that are going to help to sort of reframe how it is that we look at life. Now I want to talk about installing a new framework, you know, on life so that we can see, you know, what is the most beneficial to us and start doing that, you know, and the key to doing this is understanding the power of gratitude. And that's what we're going to get into in the next segment after the short break. All right, welcome back guys. Okay, so let's talk about gratitude. Okay, so I consider gratitude to be the key that unlocks happiness, okay? The quality of your life is directly related to how grateful you are for the things that you have. You know, gratitude is almost like the opposite of unhappiness, okay? When you're in a state of gratitude, you can't simultaneously be in a state of unhappiness. It just doesn't work that way. You know, so if you were to make a list of everything that you are grateful for, you could literally come up with dozens and dozens of things. You know, we could start by being grateful for the era that we live in. You know, if I was born a thousand years ago, I probably would have already died of smallpox or something like that. You know, we can be grateful for our families. You know, each of us has somebody in our family that loves us dearly. How lucky are we to have that? You know, we can be grateful for our health. You know, there's people that are terminally ill that are going to die soon. You know, and if we are healthy and we're not terminally ill, how much lucky are we than those people are at this moment? You know, we can be lucky about where it is that we live. You know, if I was born, um, you know, in a in a third world country, well, I was born in Pakistan, so I'm not sure if that's exactly a third world country. But if I was born in, you know, a war torn, uh, conflict ridden country, for example, I might never have had the opportunities, you know, that I have had. And the list goes on and on. You know, I'm I'm grateful that I can see. I'm grateful that I can hear. I'm grateful that I can walk. You know, people, there's people out there that don't have legs. There's people out there that are paralyzed. And if we start looking at life from this perspective and realizing that we are incredibly lucky, then there's, we realize that there's no reason for us to be unhappy. You know, so try this exercise out, take out a pen and a piece of paper and start listing the things that you are grateful for, you know, and doing this exercise regularly is something that can change your life. You know, you can try to spend a few minutes doing this at the end of every day. Before you go to sleep, list five things that happened that day that you're grateful for. And just this simple exercise could literally change your whole perspective on life and just make it so that 
that you live with so much joy and happiness for the rest of your life. Now, another way to start feeling grateful is a technique that was invented by the Stoics, you know, which were ancient Greek philosophers. Um, and this is something very interesting. It's a bit of a different take on it. Uh, and it's called negative visualization. Okay. So what negative visualization is, is simply taking something that you have in life that's very important to you and then imagining that you no longer have it. Okay. So for example, you know, I own this house, I live in this house. So what I would do if I wanted to do negative visualization is I would look outside and I would imagine that I don't own a house. In fact, I don't even have a place to live. I'm homeless. You know, I'm out there at the mercy of the elements. You know, the cold, the rain, the, my body is wet all the way seeping down into my bones. You know, I could use negative visualization by looking at my family and then imagining that I didn't have my family anymore. You know, maybe my family had died in a car accident or something like that. How would that make me feel? You know, imagining that, right, is going to instantly make me feel incredibly grateful that that, that is not the case. It's going to make me realize what I take for granted, you know, which is so much. We take so much for granted, you know, that we have, that we're truly blessed to have. You know, it's like waking up from a nightmare and realizing that it wasn't real. You know, that's what negative visualization is like. And that feeling of gratitude that you get, you know, when you're sleeping and you're having, you know, I, I had a nightmare once where I had, I thought that I had killed somebody in my dream, in my nightmare. I had murdered somebody. And uh, the moment I murdered somebody, I thought to myself, oh my God, I've ruined my life. I've ruined my life. I've ruined the life of my family. And then I was like running from the law or something, feeling incredibly guilty. And then I woke up in the middle of the night. And when I woke up, I realized that it was a dream. And the, the, the amount of gratitude that I had at that moment was unbelievable. So try practicing negative visualization before going to bed every night. You know, to, and it's going to start to make you really thankful for everything that we have. See, this is, see, some people, if you're not used to practicing gratitude, if you're not used to thinking about what it is that you're grateful for, sometimes you need exercises like this to help you, right? Now, according to the Muslim religion, you know, in the Quran, it's written that God is the most gracious and the most merciful. Now, I'm not asking you to become a Muslim, you know, or even to become religious. You know, you can substitute the word God for whatever you want, a higher power, an infinite intelligence, energy, the universe, whatever you want. The point that I'm trying to make is that when you analyze the statement that God is the most gracious and the most merciful, you realize that gracious means kindness, you know, leniency. And what can be kinder than giving us what is more valuable than anything else? And what is more valuable than anything else is our life. We are alive, people. You know, there's nothing really more important or more valuable than being alive. You know, there's nothing that anybody can give us that is, is better than actually living. And we already have that. You know, we already have that and we take it for granted. You know, so, so spend some time every now and then thinking about how lucky you are to even be alive. So you know what? The second part of that statement is that God is most merciful. You know, one interpretation of that is that the universe or our life gives us an opportunity every single day 
and every single moment to change ourselves, to start a new life and to do things differently. You know, what can be more merciful than this? This is true mercy. You know, no matter what it is that we did in the past, we have an opportunity every single day to do things better, you know, to be better than we were before, you know, and that is a, that is a thought that is incredibly empowering, you know, so wake up in the morning and spend just one minute thinking about how lucky you are that you are healthy, you know, that you can walk, that you can hear, that you can speak, that you can see, you know, understand that there are those that don't have the blessings that you have. You know, a great way to start being more grateful is to spend time practicing gratitude when you're walking from your car to your office. And you can do this by, you know, repeating affirmations. So, you know, I intentionally park my car about 10 minutes away from my office. So I could, <laughs> so I, I know you might think I'm crazy, but I could literally park right in front of my office, but I park my car about 10 minutes away. And the reason I do that is because I like my 10 minute walk in the morning and I have a set of affirmations that I repeat to myself while I'm walking. The walking kind of gets me going, gets my physiology going, gets my blood pumping, gets the oxygen flowing through my body, you know, but here's a phrase that you can say to yourself over and over again to help you to start to feel more grateful. And that phrase is, I love my life, you know? When you're walking, you know, when you're in the middle of doing something, repeat this phrase over and over again. Say, I love my life. I love my life. And, and while you're saying that phrase, try and harness the feeling of gratitude in your heart while you're saying it. You know, the next thing you know, you're going to find that saying this randomly from time to time is something that automatically is happening in your head. You know, something bad will happen. And before you start dwelling on it and getting all negative, your brain will interrupt its own pattern by saying to yourself, I love myself. And without even knowing about it, this literally starts to sort of reprogram your brain to be more grateful. So you know what, we're going to wrap it up after the short break. I just want to summarize a few of the things that I talked about. So just bear with me one second after the short break, guys, okay? All right, guys, you know what? Um, I'm going to wrap it up over here. Okay, I just want to summarize some of the things that we talked about. Thank you so much, you know, for uh, for listening to this man that came up with this crazy idea to get behind a microphone and start, uh, <laughs> start ranting about some of the things that he's learned. You know, like I said, I love doing this because it helps me to reinforce, um, you know, all of these concepts that I'm sharing with you guys. You know, please don't ever think that I consider myself to be somebody that has got it all figured out or anything like that. You know, I'm just like you. I'm just a student. I'm just trying to make it in this world, you know, and trying to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be. Okay. So I'm going to summarize. Here we go. The decision to live in peace and to be happy is one that we can take right now. Okay. We don't need anything else. We don't need to achieve anything. We don't need to get anything. We can do it right now, right this second, we can do it. We have the power to be happy at this moment. Nothing else needs to take place for us to be fulfilled, except for us to realize this fact, okay? And to keep remembering it. So 
The three-step process that I talked about originally is basically this. Start by leaving the negative baggage from behind, you know, behind you. And <clears throat> the way that you do this is to forgive yourself for everything that's happened, you know, in the past, right? Uh, learn from your mistakes, right? But don't dwell on your mistakes. The past is the past. It literally doesn't exist anymore. It does not exist anymore. It's over. You know, the second step is stop assassinating your character, okay? You know, understand that the way that you see yourself is really more important than almost anything else. And find the things that you're doing that you know that you shouldn't be doing, that every time you do them, they make you start seeing yourself in a, in a light that is worse. Stop doing those things immediately. You know, if they do not align with your highest values, then you need to drop them. You know, don't let your image of yourself be damaged by those things anymore. You know, and finally, the third step to that three-step process is start practicing gratitude. Start realizing that the greatest gift that you can be given is your life and that you already have that. You know, besides that, there are thousands of other things that we can be grateful for every single day. List five things that you're grateful for every day before bed. You know, spend time doing negative visualization, right? Uh, pretending that you didn't have the things that you have. And spend one minute every morning thinking of everything that you are grateful for. You know, I my hallucination is that adding these practices to your life will help soothe the soul and warm the heart. I want to thank you guys one more time for tuning in. You know, if you got any value out of this, please tune in again in the future. Stay blessed, everybody. Stay blessed. All right, guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Body, Mind, and Soul podcast. Please join us next Tuesday for a new episode. Also, listen, if you were able to get any value out of this at all, please leave us a review, like, subscribe, comment, wherever you hear this podcast, because I'm going to really try and put it out there. Talk to you guys next time.